Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jordan. Hi, I'm Erin. Hey, it's Julia. Hi, I'm Maddie. And our podcast is called Oral Development in Young Students. Have you ever had those awkward conversations with teachers? The ones where you can only exchange a couple of words back and forth? Oh yeah, I hate those conversations. They always seem so weird and forced. Sometimes they just seem so uninterested. I hate forced conversations. They make me feel so uncomfortable. Me too. Well, believe it or not, that is a step forward in developing oral language. Oral language is a system through which we use spoken words to express knowledge, ideas, and feelings. So if that is exactly what oral language is, then there are ways in developing oral language. Developing oral language, essentially putting those thoughts, ideas, would essentially be putting those thoughts, ideas, and feelings into listening and speaking and being able to communicate. Of course, there are many components that go into oral language development that are necessary to communicate and have conversations. We just gave a pretty broad definition of what oral language development is and how there are many components that go into oral language development. Exactly, so there are actually five key components of oral language. There are phonological skills, pragmatics, syntax, morphological skills, and vocabulary. These components or stages are necessary for communication and social interactions, so it is important to understand the developmental aspects of oral language. Let's talk a little bit more of these stages in detail. Phonological skills are awareness of sounds such as syllables and rhymes. These sounds play a big role in word reading development. But in order to read, you need to be able to sound out the words first. These skills are usually mastered in early elementary grades. I remember sitting at the kitchen table sounding out my spelling words in first grade with my mom. Yes, exactly. I used to do the same thing. So moving on to another stage, the syntax. This is understanding word order in grammatical rules like changing words around in a sentence but it slightly changes the meaning of a sentence so let's use an example uh let's use a sentence a blue car drove past a cornfield if the words get switched around to a cornfield drove past blue car the sentence now doesn't make sense being able to understand grammatical rules like the example sentence shows you have mastered the syntax Uh, Another stage is morphological rules. That is understanding meaningful parts of words like the prefix, suffix, and the roots. Changing a prefix or suffix can change the whole meaning of a word. Uh, The next stage is pragmatics. Pragmatics is an understanding of social skills and communications. This refers to how we talk and communicate depending on our audience. And the last stage is vocabulary. We never stop learning new vocabulary, and it is key in oral language development. Vocabulary helps us to communicate through understanding the use of words and phrases. Now let's talk about the importance of building conversations in the classroom. It is important to understand the five stages of oral language development because it sets up for conversations and more specifically conversations in the classroom. Teachers are sometimes given the message that supporting oral language means talking more, giving more information, 
and doing more explicit vocabulary instruction. A survey found that public preschools showed that 6% of their time is devoted to teacher-student conversations. Wow, that's crazy. Teachers should definitely be engaging more with their students to form better relationships with them. This can be beneficial in many ways, especially with behavior in the long run. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree too. I agree. Especially in like younger grades, when I taught in a, or when I um, took a preschool class, it really helped getting the children engaged onto the carpet, doing a calendar, things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oral language grows primarily through interaction, encouraging talk between teachers, students, and peers. Students with lower language skills benefit from being in the classroom with higher language peers. There is many times where students do not allow talk in their classrooms, so students do not get to try out their developing skills. There are just so many ways that teachers can enhance conversation in the classroom. In fact, research shows that teachers do not give students enough time to think and respond to questions. They often quickly ask an easier question if they do not immediately know the answer. It seems that teachers count to to five seconds and if the student doesn't know the answer then they move on to another kid or make the question easier but sometimes kids need a little extra time to gather their thoughts and answer questions. So to enhance teacher to students conversations teachers need to extend conversations past the typical three turns. School conversations should be back and forth about five times. You should resist saying that's right or good job after third turn because that can close up the conversation. Try adding up following questions to expand on students' thinking. For example, tell me more or can you tell me why you think that? Um, well, I remember when I was always in elementary school, it always took me a while to answer the teacher's questions and they would always just get frustrated and skip over me. But I mean, I bet you guys can probably also agree, like I took a while to gather my thoughts. What about you? That's how I was. And I was always nervous to raise my hand. I always didn't want like other children like looking at me. That just made me a little more nervous to answer the question as well. So it's definitely, good to make a comfortable classroom and be like comfortable and open with the students. And it's nice when teachers have patience with you while you're still trying to think of the answer if you don't get it right away. Yes, exactly. Definitely. Another thing teachers can be doing is ask open-ended questions. Open-ended questions have been shown to be related to growth and preschoolers' language skills. To generate conversation, open-ended questions should focus on topics beyond here and now. Example, Why did that happen? What happened next? Lack of response and open-ended questions suggest that the joint attention necessary for engagement and learning was not present. And learning more about students' families is a good way to help kids develop open-ended responses. Joining play is another way for teachers' joint attention or shared focus on what students are interested in. Listening and watching helps us to better understand and attend to the students who are often overlooked. Pay attention to nonverbal interactions students make like eye contact. Keep track of three or more conversations you hold and plan time to spend with students who need it. Doing this enhances students' English skills. All right, so we're gonna talk about why print in a classroom can be so important. 
In a classroom, it is very important for children to be engaged and know what's going on. Things that should be included in a classroom should be cubbies to put their belongings away and keep them less distracted. Including this, um, their names on these will give them a start to learning and the spelling and the look of their name. After the children put their belong belongings away, they should be gathered in some way to be able to listen to the teacher or the instructor, whether this may be on a carpet or any other designed um, seating arrangement like bean bags, at their desk in a group, or anything like that. This will keep the students engaged while you introduce the daily procedures, the morning routine, and instructions like the calendar, the days of the week, what day is it, how many days have occurred in the month, how many do we have left, who's here today, attendance, things like that. Having different centers in your classroom can be really beneficial in a lot of different ways. For example, having a library with different genres, you can have poetry, fantasy, you can even have picture books, alphabet books since they're still learning their alphabet, simple books like those, they'll start to learn patterns in these books and they'll start to be able to figure out how to read them and they'll have an understanding of them. Sociodramatic play is also really important. It's the same as like dramatic play, so it's like them exploring different purposes for literature but if you do like kitchen play and restaurant play and dress up and things like that um, including things with like empty food boxes and old clothes can lead to a really rich um, environment when they're playing experience and giving them ways to take orders where they have to write so they can make shopping lists they could make um, grocery lists, they could take orders at restaurants, and they're practicing their literacy and reading, but they're also having fun while doing it with each other. Also, another center you could have is like writing centers in the classroom, and it gives students opportunity to express themselves through writing, drawing, scribbling, they could string letters, their spelling, and if you add physical items into these, like blocks and maps and board games into their things, they're stimulating conversation and learning with excitement while they're also still promoting writing and reading in all of these centers. What do you think is the most impactful thing that you learned today as we wrap up? I think seeing how children become engaged when they aren't given directions and have a routine down is very important to know and I will definitely be taking that information home with me today. What about you guys? I think learning about different centers in a classroom and how beneficial they are is something I'm going to take to my classroom. Like having a bunch of different writing centers and dress up and all that is going to be really beneficial when I do have my own classroom. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you, mm -hmm. Jordan. That is like one of the main things that I remember from when I was little is all the like centers that we had and how much fun I had during those centers. Oh, yeah. In my second grade classroom, we actually had, it was called the Surf Shack, and we would all get on boogie boards and surfboards, and we got to read our books. It was really fun. That's really fun. In my preschool <laughs> class and high school, they had different, like, areas of the room. They had, like, a dress-up area, somewhere to play house, cars, just, like, dolls, dress-up, building, things like that. It really keeps the children engaged, especially during playtime and, obviously, during learning as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the most impactful thing that I learned was that some kids need extra time to think before answering questions. So I'll definitely be taking that with me into my future occupation. Yeah. Like I already said, like, I was somebody who took a while to gather my thoughts, but teachers would normally just skip over me or get really frustrated. 
I think it's really important to know that you need to have patience with these kids because they're trying to think and not everyone can think as fast as others. So I think that's a really important thing as well. Especially since mm-hmm. they're just um, developing, like learning and they're very new to this setting. It's not like they can answer it like that in a, like in a high school setting. It's a mm-hmm. setting. So definitely patience. And even though it's like a short time with the children because you never like, it, depending on the school that you work at, you don't know how long you're going to have with certain children. So definitely that patience and developing a good relationship with your students is what I'll be taking as well. Yeah. Yes, this was all very impactful to me. However, the thing that stood out to me with the most was having conversations with student to teacher. The goal should be five back and forth. Just by like adding a question to the conversation, like asking how the student feels about something or or if they need help with something, things like that right, Aaron. Yeah. That'll definitely help. And I feel like that I feel like that helps build that teacher student relationship that's really important, especially in young Especially because you always want to be that favorite teacher as well. You always want to be remembered as like, hey, that was a good teacher. I had fun there. Especially retaining like information, like they tell you something like, Hey, I lost my tooth last night. Like just small things that help you get closer to that student on that level, if you know what I mean. Yeah, even when you have a teacher like that, like you remember them for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like my favorite teacher ever was from second grade. So that me too. And I remember in kindergarten, like the thing with like the losing the tooth. If you lost tooth like the night before or you lost it during school, you had to go to the nurse and you got like a tooth jar and you got to write your name on this. Like Oh yeah, I did that just too. Just fun things that make school fun because it's like it's like taking a dog to like the groomer like you don't want it to be a bad experience their first couple times you know what I mean because then they're never gonna like yeah. it yeah. you want children to enjoy school especially yeah, within those first few years mm-hmm. I, they definitely need to feel comfortable and be able to communicate with whoever without it being awkward especially if they have a problem they need to be able to come to you and talk about things it's not just your teacher it can be your friend as well and they can like you can talk to them Exactly. I think that's all. We all made really good points. Yeah, we did, guys. And I hope you all enjoyed this podcast, and we will all see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.